God's Word does come to us from Psalm 130. Psalm 130. And we'll be reading the eight verses of this psalm. Psalm 130, beginning at verse 1. What we hear now is God's Word. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. He will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. I invite you also to, to turn to the back of your Trinity Psalter hymnal, to page 881 in the back section. This is the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 21. And at the bottom of that first column, you see question and answer 56. That we're going to reflect upon that this morning. So I will read for you question and answer 56 from page 881. What do you believe concerning the forgiveness of sins? I believe that God, because of Christ's satisfaction, will no longer remember any of my sins or my sinful nature, which I need to struggle against all my life. Rather, by His grace, God grants me the righteousness of Christ, that I may never come into judgment. Well, we have been looking at the wonderful truths expressed in the Apostles' Creed. And the Apostles' Creed expresses some beautiful and deep truths. It talks about God our Father and the creation of all that we see around us. It talks about Jesus Christ and His incarnation, His suffering, death, His resurrection and ascension. Wonderful, deep, rich, spiritual truths. This morning we come to one more of those truths. A truth that is simple and yet profound. We believe in the forgiveness of sins. It's appropriate that we would look at this confession this morning as it is Preparatory Sunday. Uh, next week we plan to come and celebrate the Lord's Supper together. And on that Sunday before, we, we begin to prepare for that celebration even now as this morning and throughout this week, will reflect upon our lives. As we do so, we reflect upon our sin and our fallenness. 
And that's a reality that cannot escape us. But we don't stop there. Beyond that, we reflect and confess and believe in the forgiveness of sins. And that is why we will come next week. Not because we are perfect, but because we have had our sins forgiven. It is not our worth or our worthiness. It is our need being fulfilled by the work of Jesus Christ. So this morning, we turn to Psalm 130, a psalm uh, that belongs to a group of psalms called the penitential psalms, the psalms which speak of our penitence, humbling ourselves because of our sin. Uh, these psalms were some of the favorites of Martin Luther. In fact, he referred to these penitential psalms as the Psalms of Paul because they spoke so beautifully of the grace of God and the forgiveness of all of our sins. The psalmist begins, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. The psalmist begins by acknowledging his need for forgiveness. And he begins by acknowledging the seriousness of his sin. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. He doesn't say, out of my small mistakes I call to you. Out of my slight indiscretions I call to you. No, out of the depths I call to you. Recognizing the seriousness and the weight of his sin. He begins with acknowledgement and confession. And we must join the psalmist in that. Acknowledging we have sinned. We have not lived the holy lives God has called us to. He calls us, be holy as I am holy. If I look at my life, it is so far from the standard of holiness that God has set. Now, it's true that I don't act out on every possible sinful inclination, but, but even the thoughts of my mind are those things which are sinful to God. Thoughts of anger, thoughts of lust, thoughts of pride, thoughts of envy, all of these things rolling around inside. And then I hear the wonderful words of our confession. God will not hold against us any of our sins. Not only those things that manifest themselves outwardly, but even the internal sins, the thoughts that I have that do not measure up to God's holy standard. He will completely forgive our sins. He will not hold against us any of the sins. Any of the sins that we do. Our actions, our deeds, our words. We can perhaps think about this past week. Those things we have done that were contrary to the law of God. Offenses against Him. Sins of commission. Those things we did that violated God's perfect law and standard. Not only things we have done, but things we have left undone. Sins of omission. 
We have failed to honor God and His name. We have failed to honor God in His day as He has called us to. And so God calls us to, to acknowledge that. We have done things. We have left things undone. Perhaps, children, you have not shown proper respect for your parents this last week. Something left undone. God, for the sake of Jesus Christ, will not hold any of our sins against us. Those things we have done, those things we have left undone, God in Jesus Christ forgives them all. This beautiful truth, I believe that God will no longer remember any of my sins or my sinful nature. The confession recognizes sin is not just a matter of the things that we do or don't do. It is left to ourselves who we are. We have a fallen, sinful nature. Now, that's no excuse for us. We don't say, well, it's just the way I am. I'm fallen and sinful. No, we have to struggle against that. We have to recognize sin is more than just a matter of, of things or thoughts we do or don't do. We pray, God, God, forgive me for who I am left to myself. Forgive me for who I am without the shining light of your Son, Jesus Christ. Not only for my sins, but for being a sinner. And those wonderful words. God will not hold against us any of our sins or even our sinful nature. Yes, we will struggle against that. We will pray that God give us strength in that battle. That we not give in to those sins, those temptations, even those sins we would, we would desire to go back to. We pray, God, even against my own will, keep me from returning to this sin. The full extent of God's forgiveness. He will not hold against us any of our sins or our sinful nature. The psalmist goes on, verse 3. If you, O Lord, should mark transgressions, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. How does God forgive our sins, children? God doesn't mark them eternally. Imagine that. If you, O Lord, should mark our iniquities, who could stand before you? If God kept a tally mark for every single sin we did, I would hate to see the page of tallies, pages of tallies that he would have. A perfect record of everything I have done. No, even if, even if we were to look just to the last week or even just to today, the page would be too dark. God chooses to forgive our sins. If you should mark our sins who could stand, but with you there is forgiveness, that you may be feared. God says, I will remember your sins no more. I will remember your sins no more. I think I've asked you before, children, what is the one thing God forgets? Oh, Reverend Nehemiah, God remembers everything. What's the one thing God forgets? God forgets forgiven sin. 
There are beautiful pictures in Scripture about how God no longer holds our sin against us, nor even remembers it. He removes our sin as far as the east is from the west, the Psalms tell us. In the prophets, he says, I take your sins and I cast them behind my back. I will remember your sins no more. How does God forget us, not just by by erasing the tally marks from the page, he throws away the page. With you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. God forgives us. And if God forgives us, if the one who is holy, who is righteous, who is the standard of justice, if he forgives us, for all of our sins, we must be ready to do the same. Not only for others, but for ourselves. Sometimes there are sins in our past which we have confessed to God, for which we know we have been forgiven, but we just can't forgive ourselves. God has said, I remember your sin no more. You no longer need to beat yourself up over that. You no longer have to remember that sin. It's been washed. It's been taken away. Now, I know that it's very hard for us to forget certain things, but we can choose to actively not remember them to not dwell upon them, to not go back to them over and over and over. Are we more righteous than God? He has forgiven us. Who are we to hold our sins against ourselves? I sometimes think we, 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 we miss the reality of sins forgiven. They really have been forgiven. All of them. Our sinful nature as well. We need not continue to hold our past against us, for God no longer does. We are to live into the reality of the forgiveness that has been secured. Now, it's true, it's true. Some sins have consequences which remain with us. Some choices we make in our youth will live with us later in life. And we deal with the reality of that truth. But if we have confessed, if we have repented, we turn away from our sin, we turn unto God, we can be sure that for the sake of Jesus Christ, He has forgiven us. And we may forgive as well. How does God forget our sins? I remember your sins no more. With you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Why does God forgive our sins? What does the psalmist say? Verse 5. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in His word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. Why does God forgive our sins? Is it because we are sorry? Does God forgive our sins because I have confessed it? Now, sorrow 
and confession are good and necessary things. But God forgives my sin, not because of the sincerity of my sorrow or the eloquence of my confession. God forgives my sin for the sake of His Son, Jesus Christ. The psalmist says, I wait for the Lord. He doesn't say, I wait for myself to feel sorry enough. I wait for myself to confess properly. I wait for the Lord. And I trust in His Word. His word of assurance, His word of promise that whoever turns to Jesus Christ will be forgiven. The ground of my forgiveness is not what I have done. The ground of my forgiveness is the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's how our confession describes it. What do you believe regarding the forgiveness of sins? I believe that God because of Christ's satisfaction, will no longer remember any of my sins or my sinful nature. Because of Christ's satisfaction. Because Christ has satisfied the justice of God. God who is holy, God who is righteous, God who has a righteous anger against sin. That justice has been satisfied in the work of Jesus Christ. He came and He took all of our sins upon Himself. All of our thoughts, all of our words, all of our deeds. He took it all. And God, rather than pouring out His just anger on us, poured it out on Christ on the cross who hung there suffering the torments of hell on our behalf. And God's justice was satisfied. Human nature would, which had sinned was now paying for that sin on the cross of Calvary. For Christ's sake, for the sake of God, our sins are forgiven. Which is why the psalmist says, I wait for the Lord. I wait for Him. Not till I'm sorry enough. I wait for the Lord, and in His word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchman for the morning, more than watchman for the morning. What's the picture the psalmist is giving us their children? The cities that they lived in would have walls around them, and they would station guards. They would station watchmen on the walls watchmen that would keep them safe, particularly during the night. Of course, during the day, you could see fairly well if anybody was coming to you. At the nighttime, it was not the same. So the watchmen would stand their post on the wall at night, and they would look forward to the daylight once again. Because in the daylight, there was a great sense of safety and security. It was in the night that the watchmen would look and watch and be very, very careful. But they longed for the morning. They longed for the safety. They longed for the security. My soul waits for the Lord even more than watchmen for the morning because the security that we have in Jesus Christ is not simply a temporal security just for one more day. The security that we have in Jesus Christ is an eternal security. 
He has washed us, He has cleansed us, and we belong to Him both now and in eternity, body and soul, in life and in death, as our confession says. This is the picture that the the security of belonging to Jesus Christ, we long for that. And having confessed our sins and heard God's word of promise for the sake of Jesus Christ, he will not hold against us any of our sins. We have that assurance, that confidence. We can go forward strengthened, knowing that God will not condemn us, for he has poured out his wrath on his own son. This forgiveness even better than watchmen waiting for the morning. The psalmist concludes, O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. He will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. O Israel, hope in the Lord. This is where our hope is found. Not in myself, not in what I have done, not in my sorrow, not in my confession. Hope in the Lord. What does our confession say? By His grace, God grants me the righteousness of Christ that I may never come into judgment. We have a hope We have an assurance we will never come into judgment because God's judgment has been satisfied. Sin is that which enslaves us. Sin is that which judges us, which tries to bring us down. But Christ, for the sake of his own good works, has set us free. He took everything upon himself that we might have hope. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love. With him is plentiful redemption. Hope in Jesus Christ. For the psalmist says, He Himself, God Himself, will redeem Israel from all His iniquities. We know how He did that. God did that by the sending of His Son. God Himself came down in Jesus Christ that He might take away all of our sins, that we might be granted His righteousness. The righteousness of Jesus Christ. When God looks at us, that's what he sees now. That we might live in hope. Live in assurance. Live in a way that is pleasing to God. Live in a way that responds to him for what he has done. Don't return to the depths. God has taken us out of the depths, out of wallowing in sin. Don't return again but rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ and and pray that the Spirit guide us now, not in the depths, but in the paths of righteousness. Oh, Israel, hope in the Lord. That is the call. The call once again this morning to put our hope not in ourselves, not in what we have done. Put our hope in the finished work of Jesus Christ. If you are still trusting yourself, if you are still trusting your sorrow, if you are still trusting your confession, God calls you this morning. It is nothing of what you have done. Trust in Jesus Christ, in what he has done. He said from the cross, it is finished. The work is done. I've completed it all. You have been forgiven of your sins. God calls you to embrace that Savior.
to embrace that glorious truth and to know this, this simple but profound declaration, we believe the forgiveness of sins. This coming week, as we prepare to come to the Lord's table, we reflect upon our lives. And it is not hard to see the sin that still remains. Do not stop your reflection there. If we stop there, we will say, I I can never come to the supper. I can never come to the table. Look at who I am. Don't stop with yourself. But look beyond. The confession, we believe the forgiveness of sins. Remember what Jesus Christ has done for you. Washed you. Cleansed you. Given you his righteousness. And as we see that, We are humbled, but we say, Lord God, at your invitation, we will come to the table. Not because of who we are, but because of who you are and what you have done in your Son, Jesus Christ. We believe the forgiveness of sins. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we do thank you for the beauty of your word, a word which helps us to recognize our simple confession about the forgiveness of sins. Thank you, O Lord, that we can call to you. We can call to you out of the depths. You don't wait for us to clean ourselves up first. You don't wait for us. You come to us and draw us from those depths. Lord God, thank you for the work of your Son, Jesus Christ, that he has done everything necessary to secure our salvation, to wash us thoroughly from our iniquity, cleanse us from all of our sin. Thank you, O God, for the joy and the encouragement and the hope that this gives us. Our hope is in you. Our hope is in what you have done. And may we leave here today rejoicing in the truth of that salvation with a greater joy and desire to live for you. Hear our prayer, O God. For Jesus' sake, amen. We are going to read from the uh, praise book in the back.